May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be free from harm. May all beings love life. May all beings awaken. Welcome to another Guke Audio Podcast. I'm D.C. Boobob Guke Audio and Guke Archives. Preserving the legacy of Shunju Suzuki. Helping to preserve, doing our part to preserve the legacy of Shunju Suzuki and those whose paths cross his and anything else that comes to mind. I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable, free from economic hardship, and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. So uh, today there's a Happy New Year podcast. Um, I do have guest podcasts ready to go up. I'm, I'm pretty far ahead of myself. Uh, but I just didn't want to do it on New Year's Day, and I didn't want to do it on Christmas Day, so I read Meister Eckhart quotes last week. And this week, I don't really have any particular plan. Well, I've got an idea. Let me read you something uh, from Shunyu Suzuki on New Year's, all right? Okay, I found something here. I just opened up a crooked cucumber uh, because, I mean, I could go through his lectures, but this is, you know, nicely presented here. This is, um, incidentally, if you hear the firecrackers and the fireworks in the background, uh, that's because, well, it's the evening of New Year's Day here in Bali, but, you know, any chance to set off fireworks, I mean, thing is, Send them off anytime they want, and they do. But there's more this evening because it's fun. They go boom and pop. Uh, okay, but there's also thunder, so we'll see if it starts raining. It's been a rainy season, and we've had a lot of rain. In fact, we had a lot of rain all year last year. Um, it rained. Uh, God, it rained a lot. And and then sometimes it stops, you know. There won't be any rain for a week or something. Well, that's it. It'll be dry now. And then, God, I want to tell you, the last couple of weeks or something, it has rained so much. I like it. I like the sort of cozy feeling. And I like to go out, especially if it gets really hard, go out and watch it and sit in and work and have some hot tea. Uh, I always like um, in fact, I have thought there's a couple of places in the world, uh, at least in, you know, climates change uh, recently, rather drastically. Uh, but uh, I remember on some documentary, you know, maybe 20 years ago or something, 15 years ago, talking about uh, the uh, the rainiest places on earth, and there were two of them. There was one on top of a mountain in Hawaii. It just rained all the time, quite a bit, you know, and it had some gigantic, enormous amount of rainfall every year. I don't remember what. But there was another place, and there weren't people living at that spot. There was another place in India where people lived, naturally, and they had all these, you know, 
Uh, but well, they were showed us sh- uh, like a shopping street, and it was just uh, raining, and everything was covered in like plastic uh, tarps and stuff, you know. Then the rain stopped, and bang, everything opens up. Tarps come, you know, go back, uh, and uh, people start shopping, and everything's mulling about. Bang, it starts raining again. It all goes down. It reminds me, it was very similar to the feeling of there's a, you, you can find it on YouTube. I don't know what you'd search for. It'd be pretty. I found it just by writing keywords. A, a shopping area in India on either side of a railroad track. And so, you know, they have their uh, sort of awnings of each one down. It would be just some reed awning or whatever. And, uh, you know, just little put-together shacks and everybody's shopping and this and that. And then you see it all uh, all come like the awnings either go flap down or go up. And all the people pull back. And zoom, a train goes through. And it's really close to the sides. (laughs) And when the train finishes going through, bang, people are out there again shopping. It's it's so great. Um, India is such a trip. I love India. Uh, But it's a lot of work. It's an ordeal. I I just don't think I can go back there. In fact, I don't really want to go back anywhere. I would actually, there was one place I'd like to go to Rajasthan and let Good drink at Sea Rajasthan. There's a really interesting friend there. I did a podcast with him, uh, David Kubiak, I don't know, a couple of years ago. Oh, there goes the plane. Uh, I'm not going to stop for it. Um, let's see. Is there anything else I want to say before I read this uh, Suzuki thing on uh, New Year's? Uh, well, it's been, it, last year was a good year. Got a lot done. Uh, you know, the um, audiobook for Thank You and Okay. Oh, wow. And also, I put up another audiobook, um, but I didn't, uh, I didn't say anything about it. It's, it's one I made back in 2009. I, I wrote a little novel, uh, in maybe 2005. Wrote it real quick in one month uh, to find the girl from Perth. And, uh, and and then I rewrote it every month. It was part of the NaNoWriMo novel writing contest. Maybe I've mentioned it here. I don't know what I've mentioned. Um, and uh, anyway, um, I uh, illustrated it and did 28 songs and made a CD. It was a whole big trip. I just did it in between doing stuff, working on uh, the Shunyu Suzuki uh, archive and lectures and you know, putting up interviews with people and stuff. Just to, you know, have a little break. And um, so the, uh, uh, so I, I did an audio book and I, I uh, put it on CDs, 13, no, DVDs, but uh, data, you know, I got the DVD discs, but I put the data on them. They weren't you didn't put them into a DVD player. They were to, you know, play and, and listen to the, well, maybe you could put them in a DVD player and listen to it, yeah. Uh, or a CD player, maybe. I can't remember. That's been a long time ago since I used those things. 
So I did the whole thing. There were 13 discs. I got a little thing for it, and I made some. But then, you know, naturally, I didn't promote it or anything. I just did it and uh, gave some away and stuff. But anyway, after I did the audiobook for Crooked Cucumber uh, back in 2021, uh, you know, I, 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 and then I... Uh, I, I listened to some of it, and I was shocked to hear how good it was. My voice was, you know, it was the 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 audiobook was made in two thousand nine, I think. My voice was really, I mean, you know, it's a while back. It was a better voice, and also I made many fewer mistakes recording. I remember I didn't even go over it. I just if I made a mistake, I just went beep real loud and make a. Uh, jump in the wave file, and so I just went to those jumps and corrected whatever was wrong, and never even went over it. And so I was, you know, I just assumed after all the time and, you know, getting, you know, really good equipment and re studying how to make audiobooks and everything, I assumed it just would be trash and I'd have to redo it. No, not at all. It was, uh, in some ways, it was better. In a number of ways, it was better. But it had a lot of essing, you know, uh, and uh, that's when you say like his, uh, you know, the s's come through. It was a cheaper mic. It wasn't a terrible mic, but anyway, I did that, and I did a, a, a CD of the songs to find the girl from birth. Songs were to find the girl from birth, and um, so I decided to put the um, the. You know, we went over the audio book with my engineer here because I do music here and um, uh, um, remastered it. And I went over it all. I was just shocked how, how little there was to fix. I didn't have to re-record it. Maybe, maybe one or two words or something where you couldn't hear it. like a syllable here or something. Maybe I did a little bit of that. I, I can't remember, but almost nothing or nothing, and very little clicking and popping, which is more of a problem for me now. Uh, but I, I have pretty good mics now. And um, anyway, so, but the, the, the CD was very flawed, how I made it. I've done music, you know, with good people and good engineers and stuff. And uh, I did that whole thing myself in the barn. And... Uh, just you know, the I had people help me, but it was very flawed. So I went over it with my engineer here, and uh, we we remixed it. Some of them we about some of them we didn't remix. One of the main reasons that I think in those cases there were corrupted tracks, and we couldn't remix them. Uh, and uh, but they're fine. Those were okay. Uh, they didn't bother me. And some of them we took uh, some of the tracks out. Uh, like the drums really didn't work with it. And so we simplified it. We remixed it. Uh, he remastered it, and it went back up. It was called Songs for Divine the Girl from Perth, uh, and now it's called Homemade Songs for Divine the Girl from Perth Redux. So, and, and it's better. It's better. So I'd say it went from very flawed to just moderately flawed. <laughs> So uh, anyway, that was neat. Uh, all right, and since I'm talking about music, I'll mention this. From July 
2021 to July 2022, I worked on music with local musicians, really good ones, and uh, recorded, uh, you know, we'd practice here at our home uh, once or twice a week and recorded uh, at a studio, the first album at a studio, and then after that, we, we just did the drums in this a good studio, a very good studio. Uh, uh, we just did the drums there after that and then did the other tracks in uh, my engineer's home in a little tiny studio, and that worked out. And we ended up doing uh, 31 songs, which uh, uh, were in five albums, uh, uh, the first four with six songs and the last one with seven. And uh, they're all, if you go to baliyuga.com uh, and uh, you can you can see the musicians. Uh, but if you hit um, uh, 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 artist page, artist pages right there, baliyuga.com goes to my music site, diffusermusic.com. Right, and then there's a link to the Bali Yuga section, which that's what we call every album we made here. I put Bali Yuga at the first of it, so when it goes on like YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, or something, you know that group of songs. They're distinctive. They're you know because I I've, I've done a lot of different types of stuff. Um, so there's Bali Yuga on the way to Venus, Bali Yuga. Okay, Boomerang, Baliuga Bad Intentions, and Baliuga Zero. And and they've all come out. And then in February, uh, the last one will be on. I just, you know, I wanted to paste them a little. It's uh, Baliuga, The Painting on the Wall. For a painting, uh, that's a song I wrote a long time ago, 78, for a painting that Mike Dixon did. Uh, and you're going to listen to Mike's podcast and our, our, our uh, search for him on kook.com. See that? So anyway, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. It was extremely cheap to do here in Bali. Uh, and um, But still, I couldn't afford to do more. And I had, to, I had to focus on trying to get work done. And, you know, I've mentioned it before, stuff I want to get done. There's a lot I want to get done this year. And I want to get back to editing uh, Shunyu Suzuki uh, audio. Uh, his lectures. I, I love doing that. And, um, you know, it's just, I, I don't know, it's, it's, there's just always so much coming up. I mean, just the emails I get and, you know, responding to them. And, um, uh, uh, you know, and, and just keeping things in order here. Like my computer my my laptop just sort of came apart. I couldn't even close it. My I have two of them. I have a Mac and a PC, and I use the PC a lot more. And uh, for one thing, the audacity that I uh, uh, that I uh, record with and make the podcast with, it's a lot easier for me to use on a PC than a Mac because of just certain ways you do things there. Uh, for some reason, they don't have no Mac. One thing mainly, but um, so uh, my tech guy who went to him came, picked it up, and he fixed it. And he said, "You, you know, I, 
He said, uh, uh, you, you, you need to, you got some problems. You need to upgrade your operating system. And it's the same operating system. Maybe you just needed to reload it. But anyway, and he upgraded some things on it and did a bunch of stuff, and he sent it back. And all my extra programs weren't there anymore. Usually he makes a mirror image and puts that back on. I think he forgot to do it. And I lost the the old antiquated program, the, the expressions that uh, I, I was doing the web, web pages with. Uh and and it can't can't get it back. It's too old. Can't upgrade it. And so I've got this Dreamweaver, uh, and I've got to learn it. I've got to learn how to use it. So right now I can't do any work there. Now Peter Ford, God bless him, is taking. He, he was taking care of it anyway. He's managing Cube.com and ShinyuSuzuki.com, and I I just you know, answer questions, and I add things and do things. But I, I, what I say is I'm on special projects. So it's still happening. But um, uh, that's very frustrating. I mean, I want there's things I want to work on, and I really need to study this Dreamweaver. I can't do anything on it. Uh, God, there's always stuff like that coming up. Um, hey, I don't mind. I love it. It's great to know what you want to do in the day. And I don't do too much. I don't work all the time. You know, I walked, I walked, uh, with could drink it a day, walked her to, she went to one of her meetings. Uh, one of those where people are anonymous, so I, I can't mention it. Uh, and, uh, so I didn't, I don't go to meetings. Uh, so, uh, we walk 2,500 steps. I know I can look at my iPhone to to this uh, place that's sort of new. It was really nice. All I did was have two cups of tea for two hours and then walk back. Um, but I would like to say one thing. She just, at dinner, she congratulated me. She said, happy birthday. And that's what they say in AA when it's been one of your year markers for not having drunk. And... Today is my 18th birthday. Um, actually, <clears throat> my, pardon me, my, my last drink was at 11.30 p.m. on uh, December 31st, 2004. So uh, I guess yesterday was my 18th birthday, but it doesn't matter. Um, uh, and uh, she's dealing with somebody now who's relapsed. It's their third relapse. And almost everybody we know in the program hasn't relapsed, you know. We had one friend die from relapsing. He got into pills and he was young, like 39. He was my best friend and my, and my favorite tennis partner. That was bad. Uh, huh, sad. Anyway, everybody else, they don't. They just stay off it. Um, and it, I just want to say one thing uh, about that. Um, you know, uh, if, if you read the, the like AA definition of what an alcoholic is, I don't think either could drink AI or that. We were just 
you know, it got really heavy into the habit. But what they call an alcoholic is someone who's always wants alcohol and always has to guard against going back. Now, I, th- I guess that's true somewhat. With it. You always have to guard. But, that you know, I've heard AA speakers say you're always tortured by it. You always want it. And you have to. I didn't. From the time I quit, that's it. I've never wanted to drink. Same with tobacco. I quit 18 and a half years ago, and I wouldn't I wouldn't have a smoker then anymore. I was just bumming and stuff, but I decided, ah, it, quit. Um, no thing. I don't think about it. Uh, and it's very interesting. Anyway, I've talked about that before. So uh, anyway, that's what's happening. Um, yeah, go to baleyuga.com if you care to, and listen to some of the songs we've done here. There's rock and roll, there's jazz, there's some stuff that's a little bit country-like. More and more as I did it, I really got into the having the uh, Boney, the keyboard player, uh, doing songs with him and the bass player, and and sometimes having this, this, well, you know, adding other things, but Really got into boning. Um, he's an eccentric guy. He he put out the first jazz album from uh, Bali like I don't know twelve years ago or something or twenty years ago. I don't know how long. He's he's from Java. He's Catholic. Uh, he, he's a character. Um, anyway, um, but that was enough of that. It it was a nice break, but. Um, you know, I got to move on and do other things. And, you know, the the way I relate, the way I experience things I've done is that they become nothing. It's like, it was neat. And I can go back and listen to something I did, some song I did, you know, earlier. I haven't heard anything in a long time. I go, wow, far out, where'd that come from? But mainly, it's nothing. In fact, Everything sort of seems to me like nothing. It's like sort of disappears. It seemed like there was something there, but it's not there now. And I think it just seems like there's things here now. <laughs> the The lead song on the last album we put out is called Zero. And it, it deals with that. And if I did another album in the coming year, which would be fun. Just one. Just one. It is not too expensive to do just one. Uh, uh, I'd want to do a, a song I wrote back about 1980 or something called Nothing Travels From Minute to Minute. I love that. Uh, I like the song. I like the idea. So anyway, pardon me for going on and on about that. Um and, you know, I don't promote any of this stuff, so nobody ever hears it. It's just, it's sort of like I archive it, like I do the Buddhist stuff. I'm really, I'm really just so uninterested in promoting. Um, everything is so into promoting. I think, well, if this stuff has any value, maybe somebody will bump into it. But there's a phrase for that, for stuff that doesn't really catch. It's called digital dust. So uh, maybe all this will be digital dust. The the podcast and the Buddhist stuff. There's plenty of people to hear it. Uh, it's it's uh, 
but, but the music is pretty much digital dust. But, um, well, we'll see what happened. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, as the song Zero says, zero's where we started and zero's where we're off. So, all right, I'm going to read you now. Thank you for bearing with me for that. I'm going to read you now um, from Crooked Cucumber. You know, it's a chapter on his childhood. It's probably the first chapter. Childhood, yeah. Uh, and uh, he was called Toshi. Uh, and that's um, Toshi, Toshi Taki or something like that. Those are other, you know, Shundyu is his Buddhist name, but it's also his given name, Shundyu Suzuki. Incidentally, I really think we should call him Shundyu rather than Suzuki. And I think we should just call him Shunju, not Shunju Roshi. It's too much use of that word Roshi. We don't say Dogen Roshi every time we mention it. And Shunju is like Dogen. It's his Zen name. It's also his given name. And we don't use Dogen's family name, whatever it was. He did have a family name like Watanabe or something. I don't know what it was. Uh, we call him Dogen. And Shundu, that's a rare name. Suzuki, you know what that is? That's Johnson in America. Second most popular name in Japan. And there's probably a higher percentage of Suzukis than there in Japan. There are Johnsons in America, though. I'm just guessing at that. So everybody loves to say Suzuki Roshi. And so I wonder how many Suzuki Roshis there have been and who there are. You know, I mean, like in Soto Zen, you'd use Roshi after somebody's, you know, been a priest for a while. But they use it inside. The people on the outside don't say it. They, they, you know, at, at Rinso Inn, they call him, uh, when they talked about him, when I talked to people who revered him, they called him Suzuki-san. Not even Sensei, you know, which is like a teacher. It's Suzuki-san. Uh, and I'm much more comfortable with that. But when I get into talking... To people in the Zen world, there everybody's Roshi, Roshi this, Roshi that. It's all too precious for me. But um, anyway, it's a minor matter. Uh, um, and I do use Suzuki Roshi quite a bit because I don't want to be rude or offend people. Um, well, actually, I don't mind that too much. But, you know, sometimes, mainly I don't want to. All right, here we go. Reading what he had to say about New Year's, at least in this point of Crooked Cucumber. Toshi grew up in an atmosphere rich in ceremony, custom, and lore that defined the rules of life. Buddhist temples, Shinto shrines, schools, and families preserved and passed on stabilizing rituals that punctuated the year. Shoganji was alive with activity. Shoganji's the little temple where he was born, was alive with activity during the week of the Obon ceremony in late summer when the spirits of the departed are said to return to earth. New Year was a special delight to Shundu. He spoke of it with great fondness in his later years. And this is a quote. I don't know if this is a quote. It's not set aside. But maybe that didn't happen. All right, don't worry. You'll figure it out. 
On New Year's Eve, temple members and neighbors would come to strike the large bell. No, no, it's not a quote, pardon me. You know, I think I changed that in the second edition. I'm reading first edition because it makes you think he spoke of it with great fondness in his later years. It makes you think the following thing's a quote. I, I dealt with that in the second edition. Uh, and I should have opened it up, but I just assumed there'd be nothing there that changed. Anyway, on New Year's Eve, temple members... Incidentally, the only place you can get the second edition is the audiobook. You can see what in it is changed on cuke.com forward slash cc21. Crooked Cucumber 21, you know. And and it lists all the changes, many, many, many. Uh, a lot of them are minor, very minor. Uh, but it doesn't list punctuation changes. Uh, but, um, you know, it, some stories are retold because I learned things uh, that I didn't know beforehand. All right, so anyway, on New Year's Eve, temple members and neighbors would come to strike the large bell. Sogaku would greet them, reciting with a robust voice a poem he had written for the occasion in classical Chinese style, Sogaku's Shunju's father. And they'd make gl glutinous rice mochi. Children and parents took their turns with mallets, pounding the mochi in a hollowed tree stump till late at night. The next day, the children put mochi rice balls on tree branches, and at the main altar, Sogaku and Yoni offered mochi balls stacked in pyramids on red and black lacquer trays. Inside the oil lamps and a wood fire in the kitchen made the air taste smoky. The children helped in the rite of renewal by collecting old decorations, small shrines, offerings, paper lanterns, and unneeded temple records. With their parents, they took these old things to the neighborhood Shinto Shrine on January 1st. There everything was piled high and mixed with what others had brought from their homes. Then on the night of the 14th, they went to the shrine for a bonfire, burning last year's memories away and baking rice balls near the flames. At midnight, Yoni enriched the celebrations by telling the children folk tales and a and Buddhist legends from Japan, China, and India. As the time of the New Year's bonfire approached, she'd have their wide-eyed attention as she told of the deity who came to check up on everyone. He looked over the records of the past year, intending to turn his wrath on those who had broken the rules. But he could find no proof of any wrongdoing. The old had been burned away, and the people couldn't be punished for what they'd done. Oh, I'm sorry, Yoni would say to the wrathful deity. We burned it all, so you can't check up on us. We'll try to be good we'll try to be good this year. We'll be very careful. Come back next year. Snuggled up in the evening. I was reading I was saying, what does this have to do with with New Year's, it doesn't, but I'm going to read one more thing. Snuggled up in the evening with his brother and sisters, Toshi often asked his mother to repeat a story 
about a famous mythical Japanese warrior, a story he would pass on to his students, his Dharma children, 60 years later. Here's a quote. Hey, we never did find a quote back there where Suzuki talks about that. I wonder what I did in the second edition to deal with that. I, I think in this one, I paraphrased it. And what I did for the second edition is I made clear that, that I was paraphrasing what he said or something like that. doesn't matter. You get the idea. So here we are. Here, uh, Suzuki told us what his mother would tell us. Now, this is a quote. People may say that the Japanese are very tough, but that is just one side of the Japanese personality. The other side is softness. Because of their Buddhist background, they have been trained that way for a long time. The Japanese people are very kind. My mother used to sing a song that described a hero called Momotaro, the Peach Boy. An old couple lived near the riverside. One day the old woman picked up a peach from the stream, and out of the peach came Momotaro. He was very strong, but kind and gentle, the ideal Japanese folk hero. Without a soft mind, you cannot be really strong. Hmm. All right. Hey, I'm going to search. I got the whole book in this file. I'm going to search for a new year again. Yep, I found more in New Year's. Uh, so this is the beginning of a, a section of Crooked Cucumber. I don't know what chapter. Oh, no, I think this is the chapter on the, the war. Wow. Maybe this is the chapter after the war. Yeah. Called the occupation? Maybe. Because the date here is... Yeah, I think so. Anyway, so it begins with a quote. Wherever you go, if you have a flexible attitude, you can help people quite easily. On December 31st, 1945, the temple was buzzing with enthusiastic preparation for the new year. Tori's family was back in Tokyo. Chie's mother, Kine Muramatsu, had moved in, and she, her daughter, and a group of Danka, that's uh, the temple uh, members. Uh, Danka wives were making the best meal they could come up with. In the Buddha hall, cards were passed out for people to chant a chapter of the Prajnaparamita Sutra. All night, mochi was pounded, sake was sipped, and songs were sung. All week long, they had cleaned the temple and thrown away what was worn out and not of use. Miss Ransom's chair, that's, uh, that was his uh, English teacher when he was in college in the 30s. Uh, Miss Ransom's chair, which the children had jumped on till it was beyond repair. Old, I think it was Rattan. Old newspapers, magazines, and some offensive wartime books. Let's see, December 31st, you know, uh, the war was over in August of um, uh, 1945, so this is December 31st, 1945. 
Everybody's greatly relieved it's over, of course, with horror. And they're, they're very short on food. Uh, but they're long in hope now because the dark cloud has been lifted. It was a time to pay debts. With the help of the Danka, the family paid off what they could. They decorated and made offerings at the altar. This was New Year, separate, celebrated as it hadn't been for a long time. Yeah, it wasn't just the, you know, the warriors we think of in America, 41 to 45. It was went on a long time there, the militarism and the, the dark cloud that hovered over Japan and just ugh, terrible. Uh, yeah, all right, never that. People were depressed from the war, but Shunyu felt this week of rejuvenation would help lift them up together. Now here we have a quote from him. We fool ourselves in some way and enjoy the last day of the year. This is based on the Buddhist way of understanding life. Moment after moment, we should renew our life. We should not stick to old ideas of what life is or what our way of life is. Especially at the end of the year, we should completely renew our feelings and completely clean even our cars. If we always stick to old ideas and always repeat the same thing over and over again, then we are confined in our old way of life. Some excitement or some occasion is necessary to encourage us along. All right, that was a little part on New Year's Day. That might be the last one. Here, I'm searching again. Doing. Ah, yeah, no more. All right. I can say a couple more things about New Year's. Um, I've been in temples during New Year's in, in Japan and in America. <laughs> and uh, uh, in Japan, it's Sogenji, you know, Rinzai Temple. I live next door to and where I sat and had a relationship with the abbot Shoto Harada. Uh, uh, New Year's Eve, uh, we'd hit the... Big Bell. I guess it's called the Big Densho Bell. I don't know. The Big Bell was a big bell, you know, like maybe as tall as I am. Uh, and, you know, it had its own bell tower. It was hit at midnight. It was hit maybe leading up to midnight. It was hit 108 times, and people would take turns. So neighbors would. I, I would have my hit. Uh, and, you know, it would be like a minute between or so it started. Like, I don't know how it was, 30 seconds between hits. I don't know. Uh, and there'd be sitting. And uh, I don't know when it started. But the next day was just like, unlike any day in the temple. Those people are pretty strict. And the abbot didn't drink. A lot of Japanese priests. In fact, it seems like most of them. Drink. Some of them drink a lot. Uh, and it's a problem, you know. But uh, Harada Roshi didn't drink. There was somebody called me. He'd say, hey, come here. And he'd give me a bottle of whiskey somebody had given him. <laughs> he didn't want it. <laughs> uh, I might give it away, too. I don't know. Um, I didn't drink a lot those years. Hmm. And because uh, I was living with Elon and she wouldn't have let me. Uh, 
Um, so, um, oh yeah, the next day, the day, the, the New Year's Day, the monks could drink. They could drink sake. So they, they'd buy all this sake and the monks could do whatever they want. And they had a room set up with a television. Uh, they could watch videos and TV. They could just do anything they wanted on that day. That was fun. <laughs> And I can, you know, at Zen Center, we've had, uh, San Francisco Zen Center, we've had all night sittings or, or limited sittings and then sake in the morning. I've done that at Zen Center. Um, and at Tatsara, we've had, uh, mochi pounding, uh, parties on New Year's. Now there's hardly anyone at Tatsara at New Year's, uh, because it's the interim and it's cold and it's dark. It's dark during the day. It's a pretty narrow valley. But I've had some pretty neat times with around New Year's and Buddhism. Uh, the 108 bells, uh, I, I think that's that's what I think of. Anyway, that's enough. Uh, uh, it's been uh, a good year, and I'll keep putting up podcasts uh, with guests. Uh, I, I don't think I'll go back to posting uh, six days a week again. Uh, the, the po- having guests and posting that, that's, that's something new. And, and, and I, I really appreciate talking to people, hearing what they have to say. I try to talk as little as possible, but, you know, I can only control myself so much. Hey, you know, I think it's Carl Bernstein, or maybe it's Wood, Bob Woodward. Uh, you know, the great uh, journalist said, you know, who broke the Watergate case, and he's been very important in recent years, too. Uh, he said when he interviews people, he, you know, he keeps his hands not showing, and he pinches his fingers to stop himself from stay, saying things. Uh, and uh, and I tell you, it's really good. If uh, the less I talk, the easier it is to uh, go over the podcast. So I really try not to talk too much. So please forgive me when I do. Anyway, let me tell you what I'm going to do with this podcast. I am not going to go over it. I'm going to look for some, if there's any big spaces. I think I've only got one cough in it. Uh, and I said, excuse me. Uh, I'm not going to take anything out. I, I, I want to go to bed. I, I sort of took it easy today. I didn't get it ready. Uh, and, you know, I had that n- nice... I had not a breakfast, just two cups of tea. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, Katrinka and I had a nice time. And uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens this year, 2003. Uh, I'll tell you one thing I'm really drawn to wanting to do. It, it bothers me not to do it. At certain times in my life, I have been drawn towards some sort of uh, social uh, expression. Uh, the, the you know um, I, I I did a little I had a little involvement with uh, the civil rights movement. Nothing that was helpful to them, but it helped me evolve. <laughs> I learned a lot. It was quite an education, at SDS and all that. Uh, but uh, you know there were a lot of dedicated people who put you know, years are solid months of serious, dangerous work into that. 
I was more like somebody who passed through. I was in Mississippi like a month. Uh, but boy, it was a scary month, 1964. Uh, and uh, I wrote about it. You can read about it on geek.com. Just, just write freedom songs in the site search box. It's a 12-part series, my journey through 1964. I might make it into an audio book. But I have to get get around to that. I can't. I don't have time for that now. Um, but and you know, I put a lot of time into the nuclear freeze. I've done some stuff with uh, in environmentalism. Uh, you know, uh, save the earth sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, and um, you know, gone to you know marches against the war and. You know, I help people get out of the war and World War, I mean, the Vietnam War and stuff. And the thing that has really gripped me most in 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 recent times is climate change. Still, the threat of nuclear war, especially accidental nuclear war, is very, very high. It's very, very great. And it's not in any way reduced. I mean, Reagan and Gorbachev made some, but made some serious, uh, uh, improvements there that was really important and and there but you know people just can't keep it in mind um you know i might i might um come back and read something lou richmond just wrote about it he had a phrase for it why can't why can't we as you know human beings pay attention to these to these, you know, species-threatening, biosphere-threatening threats, nuclear war and, and climate change. Nuclear war is, well, it, you know, we sort of think, well, I don't think it'll happen. It might happen. It might not happen. Climate change, that's not it. It is happening. And I sort of see it as a struggle between the forces trying to mitigate it, to stop it, to, well, to Mitigate, I think, might mean to slow it down and reduce it uh, until you... Sort of like the nuclear freeze, the idea, well, let's stop where we are and then reduce. So there's so many people aware of this, but it just seems like we're up against a steamroller. Uh, we're like, even, you know, right now, I, I was reading the most important work in this field to... to Dealing with climate change is being made by billionaires because governments can't change it because, you know, people want their jobs and they want their stuff and they want their energy. Uh, the Ukrainians are making quite a... Uh, uh, they're, they're, and the Europeans are, are making quite a sacrifice uh, trying to stop uh, Russia from, uh, uh, you know taking over Ukraine, but um, mainly we don't make that type of effort, that sort of all-out effort. And so it's like suicide. We're committing suicide. And, you know, I put out a record in 1982 or so. I've been working with on the nuclear issue, and I sort of, I sort of saw it. You know, I couldn't, it just seemed like, yeah, everybody agrees nuclear weapons are are they can't be used? They're dangerous. We shouldn't have them. But we couldn't stop it. We couldn't stop. We'd stopped it a little, and they were reduced some. But it just seems to me the march keeps going, and it seemed like the human race was def 
had a very strong devotion to destroying itself. Now, you might say, well, they're not really trying to destroy themselves. There's other things happening that might destroy them that, you know, well, whatever. Uh, anyway, climate change is like that. So I see it as a, a struggle between the forces of world suicide and the forces trying to stop world suicide. It's like a human being that, that struggling. Maybe they're, they don't want to commit suicide, but they've got habits that are killing them and they can't stop. And that's more like that, you know. And um, so I'd like to put more time into that. I'd like, you know, I think I should do a podcast a week on that and call it, uh, start a new thing, call it Doomer Radio. And, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, just have people on to talk about it. Maybe don't, don't bring on experts. Everybody else is doing that. Just bring people on. But, you know, I, I don't want any, uh, I don't want to get involved in people that say climate change isn't happening, really. We can go elsewhere for that. That's gotten way more press than it deserves in my uh, opinion. Um, okay, well, that's enough of all that. Hey, oh, one other thing. Uh, happy New Year. May uh, you be happy, healthy, free from harm, love life and awaken. May you and yours, your friends and family, and may all beings have a happy New Year. <laughs> All beings don't have years. <laughs> May all beings be happy forever. <laughs> um, yeah. This has been a Gook Audio podcast. I'm DC Poopa of Gook Audio and Gook Archives, coming to you from Sleepy Sonor with Dog at Bandita. Ah, and I didn't mention Feline Cuchita died last week and we buried her in the garden ah farewell Cuchita good cat guest dog Bambita and dear lovely good drinker and we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand awakening